This is the Gambling Gauchos. I'm telling y'all right now, the country's gonna find out. Everything runs through Lubbock. Everything runs through Lubbock. Somebody turn on some damn music! You're listening to the Gambling Gauchos. Talking Texas Tech, betting on the Big 12 and beyond. We've got everything you need, money lines, memes, and matadors. Well, you want to quit, Ethan? That'll be the day. Now, here's Kyle Jacobson and Rob Bro, the money line matadors, the casino cowboys, Parlay picket doors. You see, in this world, there's two kinds of people, my friend. Those with loaded guns and those who dig. You dig. With the gambling gauchos. Oh, and one more thing. It's all West Texas. It always has been. Welcome into the Gambling Gauchos. I am Rob Rowe. He's Kyle Jacobson. A wonderful, wonderful day. Uh, the sun is brighter. The air is crisper. The wind is smoother after a Texas Tech victory, Kyle. Don't beer, you agree? Beer is colder. Grass is greener. All of the above. Reds are redder. Texas Tech hammered West Virginia. And uh, look, you and I both, I think, wanted to be even more aggressive on the podcast before the game. Uh, We certainly talked off air that we thought this could happen. Uh, But I'll be quite honest and say the 48 was much more believable to me than the 10 pregame. I mean, I picked Texas Tech to score 42. So I'm not surprised by the offensive output on West Virginia. I think West Virginia is the worst pass defense in the Big 12. Easily. And I said before that I thought that. And I was confident in the over. You did your part. Yes. But you not only took three, you took four. And if not for that, I do think West Virginia would have been a lot more successful because they were moving the ball, and a lot of those turnovers were near midfield or even going into the end zone. Uh So, yeah, had you only had two of those maybe? or God forbid none of them, maybe uh, West Virginia does score a lot more points in the overhits, and it's a more competitive game. But yeah, great performance all around. You can't complain about beating a Power 5 opponent by 38. No, you can't complain. You certainly can't complain. Um, I do want to mention one thing right off the top to Chase. Chase is looking for the backdrops. Uh, we're going to have to we're going to have to redesign my apartment <laughs> yeah. to get those bad boys in use. But I would say by next Sunday, we certainly will have that uh, ready and available. I think we'll make it work. It's just they're they're great studio. and they're yeah, large. Studio, yeah, ten, 10 feet wide. So, but we'll we'll figure something out. Yeah, and uh, I was I, I don't think I told you this yet, but I got a lot of plans for those things. I want to some somehow source like a podium, start doing some Gaucho's press conferences. Oh yeah, um, maybe do some content there as well. I'm gonna leave one at my house. Because I want to do more like film breakdown stuff and like record myself oh, yeah. analyzing something, and it'll be cool to have that backdrop instead of just the wall behind yeah. me. And then we'll have one here for our standard Though, episodes. I do like your uh, guest bedroom that you generally record out of. Yeah, I the, think that's floral, where it's going to live the, for now. Yeah, and it kind I of like blocks it. the entrance to the restroom in that bedroom, and so you have to like, yeah. kind of like peel back the. That's okay. The screen and then... Yeah. But yeah. Now, if I had a guest coming over for an extended stay, I'd probably have to disassemble and reassemble, but that's okay. So there's two stands and everything? Yeah. Oh, awesome. There's two stands and then like a four rail frame. Oh, yeah. Which I didn't attach to the bottom. That's just kind of like hanging right now, but you Ch- can like tighten it up by... Ch- Chase mentions that I could move into your guest bedroom. Is that something that you might be into? 
No. No? No. <laughs> no. no. You didn't even think about that. I have enough roommates right okay. now. Yeah, well, you have the two, yeah. I have four roommates. Okay. Yeah. Do you like your dogs? <laughs> They're okay. <laughs> I love them. Sometimes, okay. I love them, but I don't like them. I got you. Most times you don't like them, yeah. When they're calm and, you know, you're like, okay, yeah, this, is, asleep, this is what we're doing. Yeah, Love them. Back to West Virginia. Um, I, I, I kind of have a list, a mental list of things I liked and things I didn't like. Because I, I think even as good as Texas Tech played and the final score, I thought you lot of left of meat on the bone. <laughs> left a lot of meat on the bone. Um, and I'll give you two straight off. My high of the game is. Hey, where are we recording from right now? Oh, we're in the Cardinal Sports Center. Oh, that's why I did the. That's why I did the backdrop thing. On the backdrop, you'll be able to firmly see that we're in the Cardinal Sports Center studio. That's what I was trying to go for. Thank you for reminding me. Uh, If you want to gear up for the game, you can gear up and get into the spooky season at Cardinals. Have you been lately? Because they put up uh, uh, spider webs. Mm-hmm. Everywhere. They're awesome. Good touch. So you can walk in, be all spooky like, uh, get your Cardinal Sports Center gear, get your all West Texas shirts. A lot of people telling us they're getting hats. Um, a buddy of mine came into town and just didn't even, I didn't even know he's in love. It sent me a picture of a white and a black Gaucho's hat. And I was like, oh, you're, so you want my hat, but you don't want to, you know, see me. Anyways, <laughs> um, he was uh, very excited about the hats. Uh, and we, we, he tried to hang out and then we just couldn't get together. But mycardinalsports.com, if you want to go there, or you can go in Lubbock right around 68th and slide, um, or in Plano. But we really focus on the Lubbock one. It's That's great. right. Okay. Sorry. Go ahead with your. A high, a, a high, and a low. not to, you know, be all Dan Patrick for you. A high from the weekend and a low from the weekend. Um, the high was the consistent offense. Um, there were two drives, I think, in the first half you didn't score. And one of them I would have been much more frustrated with if the game had turned after that. But you ended up getting the pick in the end zone, and it didn't matter. But it was the stall out on fourth and one when you dropped back. Uh, but I would say the consistent offense, obviously when you're scoring 48 and you're moving the ball, that's all good. That's my favorite thing that happened. Yeah, I so I finished the rewatch of the first half, and actually, th- this is nitpicky. Yeah. So before I say any of this, you won by 38. Oh, it's all nitpicky today. And Ben Golan had this stat on how long it's been since you beat a Power 5 opponent by this much, not named Kansas. Uh-huh. And I can't remember what it was, but this is uncommon. 2009. Wow. That's what he said. Okay, that's even further back than I... Because even your like big wins over the last five to seven years, when you beat Oklahoma State in 2019, it was by 10 points. Yeah. Or you're surviving these games by one possession. Like you haven't, you have not beat anybody wire to wire in yeah. so long, it seems. In fact, the last three have basically been, or the last two, three, the last three have been West Virginia. Mm-hmm. Because you go back to 2012, West Virginia. And then what was it, 18 or 19, I guess, last time they were in, last time you, played you, two, were, one you were in games. Morgantown. 2019, you beat them pretty good. You beat them pretty good. Because that not was by this much. That was the last time you beat a team by more than ten. Yeah, uh, we talked about that stat in the preview. Yeah. So anyway, I, I'm prefacing this by saying this is nitpicky. It's not like a huge concern, but for as well as I thought, Baron Morton played overall, and going back to last weekend, he also left some meat on the bone, and he'd yes. probably be the first to tell you that. Um, I think it was the second drive, he missed Tharp on that kind of wheel route. He's open. It's there. He makes yeah, the right read. and just him. How do you overthrow a six-foot-nine guy? Yeah. Just a little bit of touch, man. Yeah. And he's think, wide open. I think he's kind of falling back, and that can yeah. lead to you airmailing it. Yeah. And he knows it. And, and that's, oh. a, that's a throw he's obviously capable of making. He just he, didn't in that moment. Um, he missed a couple of those um, fitting him over the shoulder kind of throws that were just kind of flat. He also but, had but like two of them, and there were seventy throws. I think on the very first drive, he's trying to hit Jaron Bradley in that kind of hole shot in the cover two. Yes, and doesn't get it there in time, and the no. safety coming over should have picked it off. Yeah, he also had either close to two fumbles, like his knee was technically down, or a fumble that was recovered by somebody else. And so we can. Did he have two, or he had one, and Shrodrick had one. 
You might have had three total. Well, he had he had one where he was ruled down, but he fumbled. But yeah, his knee was down. All that to say, as I was being interrupted, was that he's pretty low on turnovers through two starts, but not for lack of trying. Uh-huh. Like in a different world, he could have four or five turnovers by this point, which was the big knock on Donovan. So he's still got to tighten some of that up, even though those didn't show up in the box score. But again, that's all nitpicky. Um, a couple other ones, just moments of inexperience or lack of awareness. When he slides, the play is over where he starts sliding. So there was a third and 10 run where had he dove forward, it's a first down. And you, you don't want him taking hits, so it's smart to slide. No. But he needs to know where the first down line is. and So just, again, nitpicky stuff like that that still needs to be cleaned up. And to his credit, on that cover two hole shot, he missed it early in the game. But later, that touchdown to Xavier White timed up better. He got the ball there before the safety came over, and it's a 55-yard touchdown. So you even see improvement within the game, which is a good sign. And that was some major yak from Xavier White. Yeah. Because that that is – watching that one from you know the press box, it's like, oh, that's going to be a good gain. And he makes a great cut. Mm-hmm. And even two great cuts – the second one wasn't so much a cut as just a change of direction kind of vaguely toward the middle. I would say it's hard to call that a cut, but great vision from Xavier White there. And that's got to be his running back background. Yeah. The one last throw that I'll nitpick on Morton in the first half, and I haven't rewatched the second half, was Jaron Bradley's one-on-one on the post route. And if he throws it flat and like to the opposite sideline, it's a big gain. And instead he throws it over his head. and Bradley kind of gets tackled. The fans want a PI, but it was late. I mean, it was, yeah. it was uncatchable. So the ball placement there was not that good either. Sometimes balls are uncatchable because the receiver got tackled, though. He got tackled like after the ball hit the ground. I mean, I, I don't think that play was P.I. I didn't think it live, and I didn't think it on yeah. the rewatch. Also, this is now, so moving away to the pros, because that's my only yeah. gripes, I think, from this game. You, for the first time all season, ran the ball effectively. Wasn't Very se- effectively. Wasn't sexy four-and-a-half-yard average, but that was enough to get you in second and six or convert on third and five. Routinely, Brooks had a couple good runs. Sir Roderick had the long touchdown run. Not, not long touchdown run, but 39, and he goes around the end, breaks a lot of tackles. Great stiff arm. And that was the area of West Virginia's defense that we thought much more highly of. We knew the secondary was suspect. We thought, okay, that doesn't really matter, though, because you're not going to try to run it. But even when you did want to run it, you did so pretty effectively. Yeah, I, and I, I was very impressed by the running game. Uh, and I mentioned during the game – Hey, it's kind of funny what happens when you play an average defense. Your offensive line looks a lot better. I mean, I I think we were very hard on the offensive line through the first five, six weeks of the season. But I also think we understood the schedule. And we talked about it a lot that the first half of the schedule is going to be a gauntlet. The first half of the schedule involves, you know, five straight ranked teams. And Houston's defense looks a bunch different today. But they lost their stud that set the sack record against us, mm-hmm. against Texas Tech. Um, so you're just looking through that kind of stuff and saying, you know, you're not playing King Felix today. You're not playing Trace Ford. You're not playing this athletic Texas defense. You're playing West Virginia. Yeah, And, and you're, you get to play, I think Kansas maybe has the best defensive line that you're going to face the rest of the year. I need to... Rewatch. So I saw the first half of Baylor versus Kansas. And since Kansas was playing from behind, I'm sure they probably didn't run it very much in the second half. But I remember during the Baylor-West Virginia game two weeks ago, some Baylor fans on Twitter were like, I can't believe West Virginia is trying to run the ball on us. Kind of like a cocky, you know, good luck with that type thing. And I'll have to look at the box score, but West Virginia moved the ball just fine, running it and throwing it against Baylor. So I want to see how Baylor's front held up against Kansas. But Great I, in the first half. I think you might be able to, again, not blow the doors off, but be good enough running the ball to complement your good passing game. And let's face it, you use the pass game, those quick screens right to the sidelines. Mm-hmm. That's part of your run game, like it or not. And you also did a good job of that versus West Virginia. Yeah, I thought you had a lot of good ones. Um, a couple to the receivers, a couple to running backs. And I would say Nehemiah Martinez is as close to a running back as you're going to get out there. Yeah. Well, so is Xavier White, for that matter. So just to tie a bow on that point in terms of running the ball, you take out Baron Morton's carries slash sacks, 
and just look at Sir Roderick's handoffs and Taj Brooks's handoffs. They averaged 5.2 yards per carry. Bryson Donnell came in the game. He looked good. He averaged six yards per carry, and that was kind of garbage time. I don't know if that was yeah. West Virginia's twos or threes. And he's fresh, yeah. But still, five to six yards per carry with your running backs, that'll work just fine. Yeah, and even Sir Roderick, uh, I think he had three yards per carry. Yeah, he was 59 yards, up. but yeah. a couple big ones. And you just keep going back to him. There was one drive where Sir Roderick, I thought, fumbled. Um, they called him down. And then I think that was the last play of the third quarter. And then into the fourth quarter, he ran it like four straight times and got all the way down the field. And then the touchdown run he had where he had, you know, six stiff arms, it felt like that was a great run too. So, uh, and early in the game, Taj Brooks looked great. And then Sir Roderick came in and did not look good. And I turned to the guy beside me. I was like, can you ever get one game where both these guys look good? Because it's always either Taj or Sir Roderick. But aren't you glad you have them both? Absolutely. And then, you know, Sir Roderick plays really good the rest of the game. And you're like, oh, yeah. well, okay. Because yeah, <laughs> maybe this is the game that you have both of them in, you know, 100 and what, 160, 170 yards combined for just those two? 166. So there you go. Like early, very early in the season, I thought they're co number one backs. And then it seemed like it was trending kind of like it was Sir Roderick was the lead back. And now after Saturday, you're like, okay, well, Taj was the better back. Yeah. So I, I like having a two-headed monster. And if one guy is a little bit dinged up or tired or the person that works better with the other guy, you just switch them. It's really good to have two running backs as good as both of them. How many carries was that per 17-15? They had 32 carries for 166, 5.2 yards per carry. Yeah. I mean, that's... If you could have 30 carries from those two guys every week the rest of the year, I think you're going to be really good. And without a a really long run, Brooks's longest was 20, and Thompson's was 13. And I don't know about you, but I would rather have a back that can get 8 or 12 multiple times a game than a back who can go 50 once, but then gets bottled up for 2 or 3 every other time he touches the ball. Yeah. Defensively, are you ready to pivot to defense? Yeah. Well, I would. Can I go back to my uh, worst of the weekend? Oh yeah, yeah. You're talking about getting interrupted, but you kind of took over the segment. Yeah, I interrupted you while you weren't talking. Um, so my worst of the weekend. If people remember back to my best of the weekend, it was the consistent offense. Uh, my my worst of the weekend was missed tackles, man. Yeah, and, and I think it's kind of you you, and I know you took four away, and. Great defensive performance. That's how you win games. And that's how you cover up a bunch of um, bad plays defensively is to get turnovers. I mean, two came in the end zone, right? Yeah. And then you had the one kind of near midfield, which I did not think was an interception. Then you stood up with the ball, and you're like, "What? wait, what? Yeah. And then you had a great play from Jacob Rodriguez, who I do want to highlight, who uh, peanut punched a ball out, and then Matthews got on it. But what... I'd have to go back and rewatch, but I would estimate 20 missed tackles in that game, and some were on mul multiple on some plays. But 20 plays where you had at least one missed tackle. I was surprised when I looked at the box score because I had the same gripe. I was like, what are we we're yeah. giving them so many extra yards on these missed tackles? They're two lead backs, 19 carries for 66 yards, three and a half yards per carry. Yeah. Hard to ask for any better than that. And JT Daniels. Former five-star prospect. Their offense, their efficiency looks really good on paper coming into this game. Under 200 yards, five and a half yards per drop back. It's like, you, you'll crazy? take that all day long. Isn't that crazy? Because watching it live, I thought they tackled terrible. Uh, me too. But you're just looking at the box score, and Texas Tech dominated. Mm-hmm. Dominated. And nobody has – I've been very low on West Virginia all year. I think they're the worst team in the Big 12. I know Iowa State is defeated, but I think Iowa State actually has a good defense. And I would rather have a really good defense than a pretty good offense. And I think that's the difference between West Virginia and Iowa State. And I don't want to diminish Texas Tech's victory here, uh, but you're the first team that's really hammered West Virginia. And I know Texas beat them pretty good, so maybe you're the second team. But Pitt struggled. 
Virginia Tech couldn't beat them. Towson, obviously, is Towson. Uh, and then Baylor lost to them. Uh, so, I don't know. I, maybe West Virginia is a little better than I thought, and you actually had a really good outing. Uh, but I, I came away more impressed with the defense because the, I guess you could say the offense was plus seven, my prediction, and then the defense was minus 18, my prediction. Yeah, that's where I, I don't think I was as low on West Virginia as you, and I was reluctant to call them the worst team in the Big 12 after that Baylor win. Because if you zoom out, like I think we were still skewed by the Kansas loss because Kansas was Kansas before going 5-0. and Right. And they still might not be very good. I'm not trying to talk out both sides of my mouth. I think Kansas might be the worst team in the Big 12. But they're far better than they have been in years past. But you zoom out to that. They lose on the road week one to Pitt by a touchdown, a game they should have won. Uh, they lose in overtime to Jalen Daniels, Kansas, a game that they had an early 14-point lead, 17-point lead, something like that. They beat up on Towson, of course, beat Virginia Tech on the road by 23. Virginia Tech isn't good, but it's a Power 5 road game. Right. They lose to Texas by 8, 18. It was probably not even that close. I think they cut the deficit later in the game. Then they beat Baylor at home in uh, or by three points. So th- they weren't some team that was getting blown out routinely before they came to Lubbock. And at the very least, they were at least moving the ball against teams that they lost to for the most part. So to hold them to 10 points, to turn them over four times, for them to have really no success throwing or running, it's hard to take away from that. But I did have in my notes the same thing, that the missed tackles. It was just like you weren't even trying to wrap up. You're trying to just like go in there and you know shoulder launch and – and I'm not too concerned about that because that doesn't seem like it's a trend or a pattern. No. But it's just something they'll see on film and hopefully clean up. But you even go back to that Texas-West Virginia game, which is their biggest loss previous to this one, and West Virginia scored 13 in the fourth quarter. And Texas really didn't do anything in the fourth quarter. And maybe you say, you know, Texas, the lead was there. Uh, it's 35 to seven. They gave up whatever else you want to say. Tech didn't do that. And if you want to look at a, a culture win, you can look at Texas. You can look at, you know, Houston. But if you want to look at a brand win, it's this West Virginia game, right? This is what Joey McGuire wants to do the rest of his time in Lubbock. He wants to get turnovers. Be aggressive on offense and win and win at home. So I think we talked about it being a culture win over Texas because you kind of gutted up when you needed to. But this this is the vision of Joey McGuire. This I, is a brand win for Joey. I tweeted it. You were this close. People streaming the podcast right now can see how close my fingers are. This close to 50 burger and take three in the same game. Yeah. And I thought the same thing offensively for a while there what was your identity even under cliff but going back to tuberville what was your identity what was your identity under david yost i don't know if we had one your identity is pretty clear now you're going to go faster than anybody in the country run more plays than anybody in the country go for it on fourth down more than anybody in the country and throw the ball more than anybody in the country and people can have their opinions on do you need to be more balanced is there a time and a place for tempo instead of trying to do it all the time fair discussion to be had but at least you know what you are and i think part of what you are is a pain in the ass for your opponent it's kind of like playing the texas tech no middle defense in basketball right you know exactly what's coming but it's still like going to the dentist to get a teeth pulled or to get a tooth pulled when you play this offense you're like crap they're going to go for it on fourth down 12 times and we have to stop them on eight of those and you know they're going to go fast our defense is our starting defense is going to have to play 96 snaps on saturday they know that's coming, but it's still it's different, it's unique, and it probably sucks to go against, if I had to guess. Texas Tech didn't allow points after the fourth and one. Because that ended because that ended uh, in a in an interception, I believe. Right? What are you talking about? The fourth and one that Texas Tech didn't get. When Baron Morton got sacked? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That ended in an interception for West Virginia? Yeah, right before the half. Okay. So you scored 14 off the two drives that you went for it on fourth down a total of, what, five times? 
I think. Whatever it is. Yeah. You went for it. You converted. You scored touchdowns on two drives. You didn't convert and didn't give up any points. So that number we talked about where it was like 25 to 58 went up 14 more points. And you're talking about on possessions where they've gone for it on fourth down, they've scored 58. And when they haven't gotten it, the opponent has only scored 23. Right. But, or now, something it's, like that. but now it's 72. That margin is even yeah. bigger. 72 yeah. to 20. You're, you're, you're about 50. 50 points better going for it and giving it up. Yeah, and that's where I think fans shouldn't waste the energy on debating, well, should we have done it that time? Shouldn't, like, you're committed to it at this point? Yep. You're going to – there is going to be a day where you go one for eight on fourth down, and that day is going to suck. But you also don't beat Texas without that strategy. You don't house West Virginia without that strategy. And so you're going to take the good with the bad, and more often than not, it's obviously good. Otherwise, they wouldn't be doing it. Like, if, if those numbers we just cited, it was like, well, we scored 31 points on drives where we go for it on fourth down, but we've surrendered 48, then, yeah, I would question it all day long. But until that day comes, I mean, it's two-thirds of the time it's working out for you, and so you can't really gripe that much about the one-third when it works against you. It, it is what it is. Texas Tech is fourth in the conference at 68% uh, conversion rate on fourth down. Do you have third down in front of you? Uh, yes, I can get it real quick, but but hold on. They're fourth. Oklahoma State is first. They've gone for it three times and converted three times. Kansas State is second. They've gone for it four times, gotten it three times. Baylor has gone for it 15 and gotten it 11. That's 73%. Texas Tech has gone for it 25. This is conference play. This is just in conference games. 68%, 25 attempts, 17 conversions. And I think a lot of times you look at stats game by game. This is a stat that is a season stat. That's how you get analytics. You don't do analytics from game by game or drive by drive. Or play by play. There are season by season by season. You're looking at the last five years of metrics to get these decisions. So this is something that is going to play out for the future. But we're starting to see why it's important. Exactly right, and that's why I say fans shouldn't get down in the weeds on one decision or one call because what they're saying is like over the next – or if faced with this decision 100 times, we would go for it 100 and you know, convert 70 of those. So if you zero in on one of the 30 out of 100 that you don't make it, you're going to drive yourself crazy. But that's not how they're – they're not making these as individual decisions. They're saying in the game today, if it's fourth and three or shorter inside the 46-yard line – I'm just making that up – we're going to go for it. The team knows that. They prepare for it all week, and that's the way it's going to be. And you might get stuffed on one of those. You, you did on Saturday. Yeah. But you have to take the collection of like the dozens and dozens of times that you're doing this. This is not uh, just a Texas Tech thing, but when I watch football, I'm, I have a lot of opinions, as you could probably know. Uh, there was only two or three plays this week – where I was like, oh, why did they call that? And generally I say that, like when I watch the Cowboys, I say it about three plays a drive for Kellen Moore. Yeah. I think that guy's a moron. Um, but it's just the difference of opinion, and that guy you know, makes a bunch of money, and I you know, don't. So sometimes you just got to say, well, that's the offensive coordinator. And again, you're planning for a drive or a, a game and not just one play. But there was only two or three, and the only one I can think of off the top of my head right now is that fourth and one play. Yeah, but, you, you didn't have a good play design, but I think that was even But more, you dropped back on fourth and one. That's why I didn't like it. It's kind of coincidental more than anything. Like yeah. A different play call might have shredded that zero blitz. Yeah. Or or you could have run it, and they could have been stuffed just the same. The play call, though, was the two stacked receivers on both sides, and it was just the front receiver was blocking, and then the other guy was set up for screen, and it was, it was yeah. horrible. You weren't going to get the first down on that play. No. Well, you have, but. You, you're you're focused on a miss block not or a miss tackle defensive look no, no no well and you're yeah because you, you didn't if now what would have really shredded that play is if instead of being stacked like that they were kind of spread out and you just ran a swing pass to the running back yeah I don't know if the seventh blitzer would have followed the running back but if the seventh blitzer was committed then Sir Roderick or whoever was in the game is probably housing that you asked about third downs uh 38 percent ninth in the big 12 and I think some of that's by design uh, did you listen to Joey McGuire's post game? If you did, he talked about 
kind of, I had to read between the lines a little bit, but one of his direct quotes was, you know, we're talking to the quarterbacks about, um, you know, the, the money down and the money yard line that you're trying to get to. You just said it. Uh, but I think a lot of times they're also trying to get these guys to figure out we're not trying to set up fourth down conversions because <laughs> that's what it looks like a lot of times. They're not trying to set up the fourth down conversion. There's just the opportunity to go for it on fourth down. So I think you're trying to get the quarterbacks to realize, yeah, there is potential for a fourth down conversion, but we're not trying to get fourth down conversions. We'd rather get the first down on third down. Yeah, the only reason I ask about that is because I always combine those two stats. You do. You love that. Third down plus fourth down and looking at that percentage to gauge how good a team is. You're obviously not good on third down. If you were punting on fourth downs, you'd be a horrible football team. But yep. you're committed to the bit at this point, and it's working out for you. You're compensating for being a bad third down team by converting so many fourth downs. And maybe that's a dangerous way to live, and it's going to catch up to you. But until you're a good enough team to convert more of those third downs, this is what you need to do to win. I think at the time we thought, a lot of people thought, the NC State game was changed and lost because you went forward on fourth down. And there was the two, and then because there was the analytics talk after that, um, I think Sam Kahn wrote the article about Joey Lytics soon after that, maybe after the Texas game. Uh, but I, I think I think we look back at that NC State game and say, well, you lost because of that, and then you won be- the Texas game because of it. I think a lot of people would look at that early fourth quarter, go for it on fourth down that ended up putting Kansas State up two possessions. You look at that one as a loss, but then West Virginia, I mean, you get the big lead and – put them down who knows what that game is like if you punt on the first drive right I mean, that's how momentum works instead it's a you know it's like what texas did to texas take last year their first two drives have a lot of fourth down conversions in them and you're beat they beat you in the first quarter i think you beat west virginia in the first quarter it was nice it didn't stretch out till the second half but it was nice to enjoy the final 45 minutes to an hour of that game and knowing we cannot lose this game I just wish more people were there to enjoy it in the fourth quarter. Me too. That's a fair criticism. I guess that's my other low of the weekend. Uh, you look at the 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 bottom bowl of the east side. Who's generally there? Uh, the whole north end zone was empty over there on the cor- on the curve. Yeah. There's maybe two rows that were full. Let's revisit some props and our Big okay. 12 picks from this last week yep. and then take a look at opening lines and Discord mailbag. Before we do that, shout out to our friends at Rahino Barbecue. At Rahino BBQ on socials, you should definitely give them a follow there. Keep up with what they're cooking up. They've always got new menu items, which is what I love. You can go for the old reliable ribs, brisket, but they've also got like different sandwiches and kind of specials like that that are fun to see. Of course, they're located out in Olton, but they've also got the mobile food truck going all over West Texas, so follow them to see where they're headed. Maybe they're coming to your town next. And we always get the question, hey, I'm coming in for the game. Haven't been back in a few years. Where should I eat? My answer is always, you should go find wherever Hino Barbecue is and check them out. They will not disappoint. Okay, so the prop bets that I gave you ahead of the West Virginia game, who would have more yards passing, West Virginia or Tech? You said Tech in like a nanosecond. And I said, well, what about Tech minus 50? And you and I both said, yeah, I think I'd still take Tech. And those both cashed. Yeah, I nailed that one. Uh, would you take three, yes or no? I think we both said no. Yeah, I think I was in believe it when I'll see it mode. Yeah. And you took four. You took four. Because I, I think you even said, you went, you doubled down and said, uh, we have, um, you know, two more than them. Or one more, because I always thought... That was the last one. Will yeah. you win the turnover battle by more than one, oh, yes or no? And I think we both said, I think you'll win it by one. Yeah. What about but four? Going back, not to put too fine a point on it, when I said you were this close to getting a 50-burger and take three in the same game, that has to be... Look, you've won some games, you've lost some games this season, but to get that close to what your whole identity is as a program, I think it's huge for the locker room. I don't think it's just a win. Like They won this game, like you said, Rob, exactly how this staff wants to win football games. And there's that's got to enhance the belief in the building, in the locker room, going into Baylor and beyond. Like they said, hey guys, this is what we coach you for all year. You just put it out on the field against a Power 5 team. Let's do it again in seven days. I think there's a lot to be said for that. 
I, it, it is a very dangerous thing for a team to get confidence. Cliff always called it the killer instinct. We're looking for the killer instinct. No, you're looking for confidence, Cliff. Confidence. Cliff had it. The offense had it. The Matt Wells era, you just never saw it. Or you saw it game to game, but not for a season. Joey is confident. And I think it just rubs off. And when you win a game like that, look, I was confident before. Baylor, I, I really like this stretch of schedule you're on. I mean, I think four and two is likely at this point to me. Counting this last one. Right, right. Uh, yeah, because you have five left. So I think three and two now is likely. But I don't know. I, do, it, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reserve what I want to say until after the Baylor game. Okay? Okay. Because if you come out and have another brand game against Baylor, who I think you're better than, I think you're ahead of schedule. I think Baylor might be the biggest toss-up game left on your schedule. The one where, like, if you win it, I'll feel really good. If you lose, I'll feel like, man, I wish we would have won that one. And I think you're getting them at the perfect time. Because I think that's something to what you just said. You're pretty healthy coming off the bye. You're pretty well-rested. You should have momentum, confidence, belief. If I'm Baylor, I do not want to show up in Lubbock for a night game to play this team. And I don't want to spoil our, our preview episode. I think you and I are probably, probably going to be on the same page there unless there's some injury news or whatever coming up. But how did your picks go around the Big 12 on Saturday? Um, okay. I mean, I, I Kansas uh, opponent in the over. I haven't squeaked in. Uh, I thought Kansas was going to cover late. Uh, did they hit the over? I actually don't know that they hit the over. I don't know if they went over, but Baylor covered for uh, sure. Uh, Baylor covered. Um, I thought Oklahoma State would cover, so I got that one. Um, kind of surprised they won, but that game is huge for both Texas and Oklahoma State. I thought Oklahoma State could have afforded a loss and still been in the picture. Texas is out now. And we talked about it last night. They're not out mathematically. Um, they certainly could win out and have two Big 12 losses. And Texas Tech could win out and have two Big 12 losses. TCU could end up with two Big 12 losses. Kansas State could end up with two Big 12 losses. There's just a lot of math there that you're but having Texas, to figure out. Texas isn't going to finish with two losses. They have Baylor, no. TCU, Kansas State. Oh, I agree. Just all mathematically, left. yeah. And Kansas, I mean, for that matter. And Lawrence. Does Kansas sell out another game? No. Uh, oh, I was awful otherwise. Uh, Kansas State plus three and a half. Nope. I picked, not in the conference, but Mississippi State plus 21 and a half. I was like, that's too much points against my glitch. Um, man. Yeah, I, I hit Texas Tech. That's pretty much all I hit. Texas Tech and then Kansas. See, that was my biggest miss. I actually loaded several units on the over, which didn't hit. West Virginia plus six didn't hit. West Virginia money line is an emotional hedge. Didn't hit. Besides that, the only other one I lost was Louisiana Tech money line. Sonny Cumbie just can't break through this year. They had a lead. They were two-and-a-half-point dogs, which I bet on them to cover, and they picked them to cover, and they, they did. Had Buffalo plus seven-and-a-half. Took Clemson live plus one-and-a-half. Emotional hedge because I wanted Syracuse to win that game so badly. Hate that they lost it. I'm not going to read the rest of my picks, but I was you know minus seven units yesterday. Oof. Well, hey, we're, I, I, we're due next weekend. I doubled down on Ole Miss. I had the I had the, the money line and I think the a uh, lot of it. And it See, just I had that cash. thought strategy on LSU when they were hosting Tennessee. I was yeah. like, why are they home dogs? As good as Tennessee is. And so the, this week when I saw their home dogs, I was like, well, fool me once. Anyway, I got the Baylor pick right. Had Liberty plus seven. They housed BYU. That loss, by the way, the Baylor loss to BYU – at the beginning of the year, you think, okay, they got beat by a really good team on the road. Now you're like, they lost to what might be a bowl team. Like, BYU's 4-4. Four and four. Yeah. I'd have to look at their schedule. I'm sure they'll make a bowl. Yeah, they'll go 6-6. Six and six, Yeah. Probably. But at the time, we thought that was like a top 10, top yes. 15 loss. Yeah. And it is not that. No. Had Oklahoma State mm. plus 6.5. Had TCU over K-State. Took Dude, this is one of those bets you hate to win. 
took TCU live plus 575 when it was 28 to 10. I was like, please, no. Like, I'll, I'll take this L on this bet. I want, yeah. of course, wanted Kansas State to win that game. And they didn't. And that stinks. But yeah, good week. Uh, 12 and 4, 54% ROI plus 10.6 units. If the uh, listeners want to take a peek at our picks, they're all public on the Action app. Not going to like bore you with them every week on Twitter. Just follow us there. And that's where you can look at the spreads and totals for the games yourselves. That's where we make our picks. Hashtag Fade Kyle on the chat. At your own risk. Fade Rob, more like. Do people love losing money or something? Apparently he does. Okay. Yeah. I wonder if he typed that in a Kermit voice. I'm here. Hey, that's pretty good. <laughs> um, hey, by the way. What is TCU doing? Before I answer that, I just want to say how much fun I had with so oh, many of the parlay picadors this so weekend. Fun. Some of them got into town Friday night. We went to dinner. I missed that. Tailgated with some. Went to the game with some. The after party was mostly good besides the K-State TCU result. But, man, just a great bunch of people. So much fun to, like, share that camaraderie with other Red Raider fans. And it just beats watching the game alone on your couch, like when you're on the road or something like that. So I had a blast. Shout out to those guys. Yeah, and if somebody wanted to get into that community, how would they do that? Patreon.com slash Gambling Gauchos. $5 a month gets you access to some exclusive interviews with some great Red Raiders. Uh access to our discord server which is hopping during game day i'm told i can't access it once i'm at the stadium <laughs> so i kind of miss the meltdowns yeah. that go on in there but no meltdowns this week there's memes there's food wrecks there's tv show wrecks it's a fun discord community we've got it's grown a lot during football season which has been cool to see um so yeah that's how you can join us in that community portion of all the proceeds go to the matador club okay what annoys you about tcu no, what are they doing? Okay, so I've been complimentary of their social media game lately. But these winning, the winning videos they're doing, what 15-year-old is putting these together? I don't Am know. I too old? Yeah, I think they're just targeting what, what, the next generation. What, 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 is, what does it mean? I don't know. I don't understand Did you it. see this one? Yeah. It was a bunch of like close-up selfies of the te- team, I guess the team. Yeah. Uh, just like aerial vision of their nose. Yeah, I don't. It's not with, my cup of tea, but it's not like weird frog pictures in the middle. It's not for me. One of them was a green bodybuilder with Kermit's face on it. Yeah, I guess it's uh, like do recruits or prospective <sighs> students like that or current college students? I, I don't know. I I, mean, I'm too I, old. Obviously. I I liked weird things. I still do. Not that there's anything wrong with that. No, but that is just over the line. If they did that and Ra- Raider Red's head was on a bodybuilder that was just red. I'd be like, what What are we doing? Yeah. Me what too. are we doing? <laughs> Stop. Grow up. Okay. If we beat them, do you want us to like oh, respond God, yes. in the style that they would make <laughs> yes. a video? That'd be kind of fun. With all our picadors, yeah. Yeah. We just need to get a bunch of No, do you want the Texas pictures. Tech creative team to oh, put I out a video you meant the like as a jab at TCU's oh, creative Oh, for team. sure. And then in the tweet, put uh, Texas Tech versus TCU.mp3 or whatever they do. Yeah. This is like that's be the kind thing of funny. they do. Oh, it would be electric. Another thing I talked to a uh, Texas Tech person about, you know who I'm talking about, uh, in the press box, we're just kind of chit-chatting, and um, he he mentioned, let me think of a way to say this, he mentioned a, a reservation of what would happen if TCU took a shot coming up for that game on social media that he that he thought it might could escalate on social media which to me please <laughs> please i love all that stuff all right discord mailbag yeah you know my stance on it which is that they started it not their fans right their coach their athletic director people who draw a paycheck from tcu right use their large public platform uh-huh to try to clown on us. So I when if we you, respond, so be it. It's well noted that you don't talk trash on Twitter. I've never done that before. Ever. Okay, Discord mailbag sponsored by our friends over at Diversified Lenders, diversifiedlenders.com. If you want to know what they do, you can go to their website or listen to our episode that we did with Cole Roberts and BJ Simmons, former teammates from the early Leech days. That was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. 
essentially they help your business get the cash it needs yeah. now. Okay, Discord mailbag. Bidi bidi bidi. Let's see where it starts. Start bench cut McDonald's, Burger King, Wendy's. Uh, I would start Wendy's. Bench McDonald's and cut Burger King. I, I like Burger King a lot, actually. I prefer it to McDonald's, but they're hit or miss in Lubbock. And I only like Burger King because I only go there like once a year. I'm, I think I, I like, it's like, oh, I want Burger King. I'm cutting Burger King as well. Pretty on the fence with McDonald's and Wendy's. I think they both have pretty good variety for a fast food chain. Yeah. I'd probably start McDonald's. Nuggets are better at Wendy's. I could agree with that. Yeah. The spicy nugs. Yeah. Fantastic. Oh, yeah. This one's a little bit mean-spirited. I would actually start Jack in the Box, by the way. Yeah, I wish we had Jack in the Box. Oh, my God. Those S- tacos. Sourdough melt. Oh, man. Have you ever had the mini tacos? No. It's just a whole box of the tacos, but they're small. That's Hence the mini. Where's Donovan transferring to next year? Yeah, you know. A little bit cold-blooded. Why were you? I, I think that Donovan could stay. Um, now, I think you only have two, and I think Barron will be the starter. Um, so read into that how you will, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna talk about that today and, and where he would be. I would say that he could find Donovan could find an offense he would be good in at a lot of places. Yeah, I think in the right system he's a power five caliber starter for look, sure. Look at Bo Nix. Bo Nix was in an awful system at, at Auburn and it did not show his stuff. Uh, transfers to Oregon and is just putting it on UCLA last night. I've talked about this before with the basketball transfers because there've been so many. I don't really sympathize with either fan. No. The first fan who's like, we still love you anyway. You're a Red Raider for life. I'm rooting for whatever team you're transferring to next year. I'm usually like, "Mm, no. Like, you don't want to be here anymore. I guess good luck in your next stop. But I'm not rooting for Fresno State or wherever you're going, you know. But I'm also not the, like, I can't wait to boo you when you come back. You're a traitor. How dare you? Because, like, if you're looking for a better opportunity, that's the way the world is now. But if Donovan Smith went to, just making this up, Oregon State, I would be a Beavers fan, and I would actively follow them and pull for him. Because he he has meant so much to this program. Going back to last year when he yes. helped get you bowl eligible, uh-huh. get a bowl win this year when just grinded out some wins against Houston and Texas, he would be one that I actually like have an interest in following after leaving Texas Tech. When he's, I hope uh, he stays, but I wouldn't blame him for seeking an opportunity if, he, if he's not going to be the starter here. He's technically a West Texas kid. Played yeah. high school football in West Texas, well, even though he didn't put it on his helmet. This they're, all, year. they're all West Texas kids. Which I don't love. Uh, I do have uh, one just confession. Okay. I'm already tired of the basketball transfers and that discussion. It's a lot. They played each other in a scrimmage, and it was just all over. It's just like, I mean, it's, it's a little bit rent-free, I'm just uh, to be honest. I'm not going to – again, I don't hate TJ Shannon. No, it's gone. They're done. But they're I'm not gone. following Illinois this year. I'm going I'm to follow Kansas because they're in the conference. If I see an Illinois box score, I'll look for TJ's name. Yeah, and like, if it's on – If they're on if, in the tournament, yes, okay, like, of I'll course. Watch them. Yeah. And and I'm not going to hate watch Kevin McCuller for every two-point game he has. And it no. will probably happen. But People will do that, yeah. But Oh, it's going to be brutal. It's going to be brutal. Like uh, John Jeff Goodman had a tweet. It was like Illinois and Kansas had a scrimmage, and my well placed spies said this is Kevin McCullough. Yeah, Kevin McCullough and uh, Terrence Shannon were the two best players, both gone from Texas Tech. It's like okay, Jeff. He's just looking for some of that sweet, sweet engagement from our Red Raiders. Yeah, because we are engagement machines. We we gave it to him. If Shuck is healthy next Not week, we the Gauchos, the Red Raiders. Well, we did. Back in the, I know, but I I wasn't just saying that we were any. <laughs> it just sounded cocky. I meant the Texas Tech fan base. We okay. If Shuck is healthy next week, who gets the start, Shuck or Morton? This is the last time I'm saying it. Baron Morton is QB one. There's there's no decision. Joey McGuire tomorrow is gonna say. Uh, hey, we're we had all three quarterbacks. Tyler Shuck is cleared. All three are going to play this week. But what he means to say is Baron Morton is the freaking quarterback at Texas Tech, and we're not having the discussion anymore. I'll go with Donovan. (laughs) Um, Couldn't even get that out. What time are you all going live? Asked and answered. We are live right now. 
Um, what's this new idea from West Virginia fans that they think they're above losing to a quote program like Texas Tech? I didn't, straight. I didn't see those sentiments when I was hanging out with West Virginia fans at the tailgate before the game. They were actually talking like in a vacuum. They view Texas Tech as the better. This is just one fan that I'm talking to. Because he was like, yeah, you know, Neil Brown's done a pretty good job recruiting. I mean, you're not going to recruit as well as you do at a place like Texas Tech. I was like, oh, like you think we have a recruiting advantage over West Virginia? That's kind of surprising to me. Well, but I mean, you go back to what we talked about on the preview episode with their fan base thinking their rivals with Penn State and Notre Dame. There is a lot of that. And I saw it afterwards. One guy uh, that covers West Virginia, he saw it so much in the West Virginia fan base that he tweeted can we stop saying that we lost to a high school coach? Joey McGuire knows what he's doing. So there was a lot of, oh, I can't believe we lost to a high school coach. That kind of stuff. Uh, by the way, West Virginia, in the last four, Texas Tech is 4-0 against your sorry program. And Neil Brown is the worst coach in the Big 12. Wake up. They know that. They hate him. They didn't before the season. Well, they hate him now. Well, good. And he needs to be fired. Well, you know, I don't need the high school fired. coach I'd, thing I'd is so dumb it. for so many reasons. He was an associate head coach at Baylor for four seasons. Yeah. So give me a break. It's funny, too, because Longhorns fans did that all offseason. Like, that's oh, so cute. They hired a high school coach. I think they're going to win. And then we beat them. Then they got mad at the high school coach's postgame yeah. speech that it's lived rent free in their minds for a month since then. Yeah. Love that. Uh, power rank five star quarterback bus over the last five years. I would need a list. I mean, I don't know. Uh, J- I, I guess we're getting at JT Daniels here. Yeah. And yeah, a guy who goes to three different schools didn't quite pan out if you were a five star prospect coming out of high school. Uh, Tate Martell, was he five stars? Probably. That'd be my top two. I mean, JT Daniels is like a serviceable starter. He's not a bad player. Like Tate Martell couldn't get on the field as a quarterback at a power five school. JT Daniel was the starter at USC, starter at Georgia, starter at West Virginia. Uh, this says Jeff Driscoll. I'm just giving you a few names. He's not last five years. John Brantley, Russell Shepard. Jeff Driscoll? Yeah, he played within the last five years. No, he did At Florida? No, he didn't. Yes, he did. No, he was like Tebow's successor. No, That's like 10 years ago. No. Yes. Garrett Gilbert, Dane Chris. Dude, these guys are not in the last I, five this years. This just says the last decade. Okay, a decade is 10 years from. I, I, I'm just saying what Google gives me, man. I know, I'm telling I, you. I, we moved on from the Discord mailbag. I just was giving you some names. Okay. All right, we can move on. I, I, I want to list from the last five years, but I think he's trying to clown JT Daniels. Oh, he was, yeah, for sure. Are we on a closing course for 7-5 and five Tech for 7-5 and five A&M in Houston? Now, Rob, you think we could finish the regular season better than 7-5, and five, but if it guaranteed you A and M in the bowl game, would you take seven and five right now, or would you roll the dice with a different finishing record and a different bowl opponent? Uh, roll the dice. You don't want to play A and M in the bowl game at uh, seven and five. No, I think you can go eight and four. Okay. I'd rather be eight and four. All right. And no, I don't really care about playing A and M. I respect it because A and M. That's not going to happen. That's the next. It's just not going to happen. The next message in the Discord is that A and M isn't making a bowl game, which they're on the fence. That's not even what I was saying. If, I know. If you are set up and it's perfectly aligned for you and AM to play in a bowl game, AM will drop down a bowl level. Or the SEC will match you up with LSU, who is was like number two in the country two weeks ago, and you're gonna have to play LSU instead because AM does not want to play Texas Tech. It's happened and it will keep happening. Do y'all think that Patrick Mahomes' style of play hurts his team? No. It didn't hurt him when they won a Super Bowl. It didn't hurt him when they just kicked the 49ers' ass. <laughs> like, could he, what could he really feasibly do to improve his team's outcome over the last four years as a starter? It, it hurt Texas Tech a little bit, but he had to do that at Texas Tech because the defense was so bad. Yeah. I mean, his, his years as a starter lost an OT of the AFC style of title play. game, won the Super Bowl, lost in the Super Bowl. Lost in overtime of the AFC Championship. He's game. been a starter since 2018, and he's never not played in the AFC Championship. He's never not gone past the end of regulation in the AFC Championship game. So no, it's hard to hard to gripe there. He's the best court. Who they have like the most wins in the last five years? Like hurts his team. What does that even mean? I don't know. Chase is asking, do our Jayhawks still have a path to six and six? Yeah, the path is there. Win one. I mean, they're right there on the doorstep, but they have a bye 
They host Oklahoma State. They come to Texas Tech. They host Texas, and then they go to Kansas State. They'll be dogs in all four. No. I think They're not going to win another one. I think their two home games are arguably against the two best teams that they'll play. I don't think Kansas State wants to host a Jayhawk squad fighting for bowl eligibility on the final weekend of the season. But no, I mean, unless you slip up against Kansas, I think you're their most likely win remaining. And I don't, I wouldn't predict that if that game were this coming weekend. Is 2015 five years ago or, or longer? No, that would be seven. Okay. It's very close. Not 10, though. Jeff Driscoll, I'm pretty sure, was Tim Tebow's successor. No, he wasn't. Tim Tebow left in 08. Jeff Driscoll started in 11. No. Tim Tebow won the Heisman as a sophomore in 08. He was there in 09 and times? 2010. No way. I thought Jeff Driscoll took over in like... They won in 07? Maybe 12. Maybe Driscoll started in 12. 2000, he played in 2011. Okay, yeah. But he, he didn't start till 2012. You were right, Kyle. Who I was wrong. Of, oh, tr- I was thinking of Kyle Trask. Yeah. He was like... That's what I was thinking of. He was like of. the COVID that's what okay. That's what I was thinking of. So technically I wasn't wrong, but because I was thinking of a different guy. <laughs> That is some elite Rob Fiskini. <laughs> I was so wrong that I actually wasn't wrong because that wasn't even the guy I was thinking of. But You're yeah, right, Kyle. I'm sorry. I think Kansas's most likely outcome is six and six in terms of like single result outcomes. I think six and six is probably most likely, but I would say five and seven is more likely than seven and five. Would you agree with that? Yes. Oh, yeah. I mean, their last four is a gauntlet. I mean, if we were saying they could finish 0-7 and, and they're 0-3, they're almost halfway there. Yeah, and I'm glad you finally came around on that because I had thought it since week two. I mean, I, I wanted to play it up. It was a fun storyline. You did have fun. But I could tell you were, you know. When they beat, when yeah. they hosted Iowa State and won 14-11, to 11, I was like, okay, this isn't. Well, you said it after the Duke game. Yeah. Because. Well, and Duke looks pretty good under Mike Elko, honestly. I mean, do. they don't have talent, but they're, they're what, five and three maybe-ish? But, but we talked about it, and you couldn't put away a Duke team at home. You won by a possession. Mm-hmm. Kansas. Yeah. Didn't send a lot of vague you today. Because of a bye week, Texas four and three, with five games remaining, what are the realistic expectations for this season? We've kind of touched on that. Look, I, I still want to see you win out at home. I think you start there yeah. and then roll the dice on the road games. Seven and five is realistic. You have three more home games, Baylor, Kansas, and OU. If you finish at six and six, I would be mildly disappointed. But both of those is a no. You gotta go seven and five. That's the that's the realistic. Because that's a winning record in the Big Twelve play. Five and four. Yeah, that's a huge milestone. You've not done that since you've not had a winning record in the Big Twelve since two thousand nine. That's right. That'd be huge. Which I think was still eight conference games. And you can get there simply by holding serve at home. You don't uh-huh. even have to win in Fort Worth or Ames, which I would love to do. Either or. Can yeah. I be just coming off a high Texas Tech fan? Yes. Realistically, you could go eight and four, and I don't think that's crazy. I think so. Especially if you win, this is your biggest toss-up game, like I've said. This and or Ames, I kind of view them both as pretty coin flip type games. Yeah, and I, I just, if you lose to TCU, that's the one you On lose. On the road against maybe the best team in the conference, you kind of take that L. We kind of had a conversation about the opening lines. Did we do that yet? No, not yet. Well, oh, let's... Okay, the last mailbag, over-under total losses in the Big 12 championship game, four and a half, like between the two teams playing in the... Uh, under, I think they'll both have two. Yeah. If, if anything, it I might think be it'll one be three and two. Or four. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So opening lines on Gauchos after dark. We, I think we're pretty close on our predictions. Yep. I'll take a gander at where they actually opened according to Circa. We'll start with Tech Baylor. You and I, I think, both pegged that as a pick 'em. Maybe you said Tech minus one, but very close there. Yeah. And that one opened actually Baylor minus one at Circa. At Circa, but nowhere else. And I tweeted it'll flip before yeah. kickoff. Well, and the consensus is already plus two and a half for Baylor. Okay. Um, and I, I said uh, last week, I guess before the West Virginia game, that I thought you would be favored in all of your home games remaining. Uh, and you had some pushback on Baylor. Um, but the FPI actually has flipped. Did you see the FPI today? It's almost exactly 50-50, but slight for Tech. Yeah. So, I mean, that's why... Vegas is, and I'm not saying Vegas only goes by FPI, but. It's usually pretty in line. Yeah. 
And the total 61 and a half, I don't have a thought on that at the open. I'll kind of see how that trends and kind of see where I land in the middle of the week. I mean, I like the over. This one's interesting, and this is another one that has varied by book. Oklahoma State minus two at Kansas State. This is the Big 12 game of the week because this is like the the winner of this game feels like they're in the catbird seat to reach Arlington, and it'd be really tough for the loser. Well, and it's but other places yeah. have it like Kansas State minus one. So this is all, another one really close to just a coin flip, depending on where you're looking at it, and maybe it'll move strong one, one way or the other. I think you and I both predicted like Oklahoma State minus two and a half or three, so we were pretty close on that. Yeah, and I'll need to know Adrian Martinez and Will Howard's health yeah, before I even and Spencer think Sanders about that one. for that matter because yeah. he's been a little bit of a question mark both of the last two weeks. Yeah, and then did you see they they threw him the ball? Weird. Is he hurt or not? I mean, they split him out and threw the ball to him. That's bizarre. Did you see Lamar Jackson's uh, running back play today? No, I didn't see any of that game. Uh, the tie, Mark Andrews lined up at quarterback under center, and they ran a sweep with Lamar Jackson. Okay. All right. TCU opened a full touchdown and extra point favorite at West Virginia. I have some serious reservations about it. I said so on GAD. I thought four or five. I thought it would be a touchdown. Or, or five or six. I thought it would be between four and seven. And I said, if it's a full touchdown, I'd probably strike at the open. Yeah. Dude, I know we kind of like scoff at body clock and all this. To go from Fort Worth to Morgantown to play an 11 a.m. Eastern time, or I guess it's noon Eastern time, but 11 a.m. Central, it's tough. Baylor has never won in Morgantown. It's tough for TCU Baylor Tech to go to Ames in Morgantown. At 11 a.m., yeah. It, it's, I could see a sleepy start. West Virginia I'm curious how they respond because they could be totally defeated after this loss or they could be fighting for their lives. I think the TCU defense is a little bit suspect and this could be a high-scoring close game. I'm not predicting an upset, at least not yet. But I think West Virginia could give them trouble. And if I get a full seven, I'm pretty tempted at that. I will be interested. Oh, you're going to love this. Texas Tech football has blacked out their Twitter profile. Blackout mode. But like their profile picture is black. Is it just a solid black circle? No, it's... Uh, it's like a black double T. Gray double T on a black background yeah. and a black and white uh, cover photo. Okay. So if you want a black profile picture, ask Kyle. I'm going to go ahead and black ours out because I guess we're doing this. Hey, shout out to them. Yeah, there's a there's a it's a fear of the dark hype video eight minutes ago, and then it says it's three black dots, black, black, black. Shout out to them for doing it a week out instead Finally. of letting this link and everybody going, is it a whiteout? Are we yeah. doing a blackout? What yeah. color do we wear? And then on Wednesday afternoon, be like, now we can hype it up all week. You're gonna beat Baylor by thirty. <laughs> <laughs> My God, I mean, I th- it's just gonna be the other one. I went out on a limb. Um. I thought Iowa State would be favored against OU, and I should have factored in that the analytics I was looking at accounted for all the snaps Oklahoma played without Dylan Gabriel. So I should have had I should have had that one right. I said Iowa State minus two. It's Oklahoma minus one. But pretty close. Look, that's you have one. Maybe the best team and worst team are playing each other. That's a touchdown spread. The other three games all opened within a field goal in one direction or the other. So there's a good slate of football coming up next weekend absolutely absolutely and that's just what this conference is which i love will you explain to me why in your uniform rankings two things first thing what what was so good about the orange helmet to go orange 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 is number two i have no qualms with the west virginia helmet uh the west virginia uniform being number one i would have appreciated it more had you approached me a little more open-ended instead of asking me why i went why i valued the monochrome scheme so much because that's not why that I uniform said, was ranked no i said how good was the helmet for you to ignore the monochrome that's what i meant to say i thought the helmet was really good isn't that why the throwback like bucking bronco type cowboy yeah. logo that's what put it over the top i thought it was a pretty right. clean look but i usually don't like monochrome i would have much preferred a black helmet with that logo yeah or over or, or white orange. orange white yeah with that same logo a uh, second I'm not question saying it was perfect second question also another thing to clarify before we going to more questions not a lot of separation on some of these it's like number two and number six could both be really good uniforms oh i meant to say something like that earlier when we were talking about the worst team in the big 12 
I think a lot of people have reservations because it's like, well, nobody's as bad as Kansas was two years ago or three years ago. But that's that the worst is relative. Yeah. Because you could be a you know a seventy five out of a hundred and be the worst team in a conference. Your your worst team this year, no matter who it winds up being, will be fringe bowl team. Yeah, absolutely. Like even Iowa State, if we think they're the worst and they finish with the worst record, they could be five and seven. Yeah. Um, and then I mean black, red, black is my favorite Texas Tech uniform, but you had them at six, five? Five, I think. Is that you just don't like these uniforms? Is that it? Yeah, they have a low ceiling because okay. of just the striped designs, and I don't dislike black, red, black at all. Where's the blackout going to be? I don't know. I'll have to see how it looks. I mean, it looks like it did last year. It's the same uniform. Well, we'll see it under the lights and like how it contrasts with the other team's uniforms and what everybody else wears. Like Kansas State's uniform that was number four this week has been as bad as number four, as good as number one. It depends on what everybody else wears, too. Do you think Baylor will go all white? I think they should. If they have that yellow bullshit. And I don't look. like the yellow. They need to go back to gold. Their yellow sucks. I like West Virginia's yellow. Their school colors are green and gold. They oh, need to man. wear gold. So bad. Not mustard. And I love it on West I love the navy and yellow. But green and gold is the scheme. Go back to it. You were great. And those are that's a good pairing of colors, I think. And it fits well with black if they want to do some yeah. black. That's one of the when few that right. I really like it. Yeah. All right, final thoughts? Huge win. I could get used to beating Power 5 opponents not named Kansas by 38, especially at home. That's what I love, that you're 4-0 at home. You should have a great atmosphere next weekend when Baylor comes to town. And it feels like you're forming an identity, and you're actually – real and sincere about the culture and identity you're trying to build and you're matching it on the field. So I'd love to see all that. I really just had, I know we had our nitpicking section of things we want them to clean up, but really all in all have nothing but good things to say about where things are trending. Absolutely. Love it's a blackout. Can't wait for Baylor. We'll talk to you on Wednesday.